Do you use me- you use measures when you record? Uh, cause I normally, I normally do, uh, the seconds, the time frame when it comes to like free form yeah. audio, it's not, true. not, yeah. Oh, the beer. So, so, I mean, I d- don't watch an episode of the JRE, so you have to explain to me their tradition. They start. They start what? What do they do exactly? <laughs> I love that we're we always open the podcast <laughs> by mentioning the Lord and Savior Joe Rogan. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, Once a Californian, he, now a Texan. Right. Yeah. Well, he's originally from Boston. Is he? He doesn't. And don't ask me why I know facts about Joe Rogan. And I don't hear a Boston accent from him. Um. Yeah. I mean, the Boston accent. I feel like that's a relic of a bygone era like people dude. from the boomer era dude i'm still a sucker for that accent i love it's that good accent, accent. Oh, well cheers cheers thank you for bringing the pumpkin head dude beer. we're not even getting sponsored by them <laughs> we'll we'll censor that out <laughs> i don't think we're i don't think we're really ready for sponsors okay no i mean Again, you might be surprised. I'm, I'm, ext- I'm still surprised how many views we got. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. I was, we were both shocked by the, by the view count. Yeah, <laughs> we're at 600 now, or like over 600 yeah. on the first episode of this podcast. Yeah, beyond all our expectations. Dude, I don't even know who's watching this, but hey, thank you followers fans whatever you want to call it i really i really thought they were not going to watch us because one i don't like the sound of my voice i don't like audio i don't like video podcasts i wish this was an audio podcast (laughs) um i know but i like video podcasts and i just like the option oftentimes if there's a podcast on on youtube i'll just play it but put my phone like in my pocket and Uh, ride the train or something so i'm not even watching it but it's like if i pull out my phone i can see it Mm -hmm. do you have youtube premium no is this another sponsorship for youtube no no premium although i've been strongly considering getting it because the ads they're ipad block they're getting worse man they are and they're adding 30 seconds it's now 30 seconds now instead of 15 seconds yeah, and they're like unskippable a lot of the time. They take away the skip ad, skip here or whatever, skip skip now. But let's not talk about depressing um, things. Yes, yes, <laughs> seriously. Those are the things that just bums us out. It's like that Bukowski poem, and I haven't read Bukowski, so, but a friend of mine told me about Bukowski. It's like, it's not that you have cancer. This is like I'm paraphrasing one of his poems. It's not that you have cancer. It's that you have cancer in someone beat you at a red light. It's those little things that piss you off. You know? So that's a Bukowski? Yeah, it's a poem line? by Bukowski. I might, it's something like that. He's just talking about the little things is what what will trigger you and just gets you angry. Yeah. When you're just trying to deal with the big things. So even a cancer patient will get more pissed off about the the getting cut off in traffic. Yeah, Is that the, I guess the point? So. I guess so. Or you know, I guess yeah. we we have to read the <laughs> quote yeah. to know what he meant. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I should. Bukowski, read Bukowski seems but great. I, I uh, I've read a little, but I'm not a. I I feel guilty about my my reading. 
So do I. I. I've met a lot of people who are fast readers, and I'm kind of jealous of them. I, I am a slow reader, and I hate how slow I read. <laughs> are you slow because you're like literally taking a long time to, to read the words, or do you have to like go back and reread a lot? Uh, the first one. And oh. then um, also That's good. That's my, better. My pacing is so, so bad. Like I just, I read when I feel like it. I don't, I wish I had a discipline to read, like I'm going to read a chapter a day kind of thing. And it doesn't help that there's a lot of distractions, you know. Yeah. Nowadays. Like all these podcasts. Yeah, as an example. <laughs> um, oh, I want to mention something. We did not we did not talk about this. This just happened out of coincidence, a sign from the universe. Maybe they were doing something cool, but we have matching socks and oh, we didn't yeah. even ask about that. We <laughs> should we should we should high five, high socks. I think that camera caught it. We yeah. gotta do it higher for this camera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your socks. All of mine are starting to develop holes in the, yeah. the soles. So mine definitely, yeah, look at that. I was thinking about getting a, uh, wearing my taco socks, but there's a big hole in my, in my thumb, uh, my big toe. So I didn't want to expose any more skin that I already am. <laughs> I'm so glad you ended up with these because you get to match. <laughs> it's so cool. Like we, it's so full, funny. full transparency. I didn't even know you had the same socks. Neither, Neither of us I. knew. Neither did I. And they're just cute little pink and yellow and blue uh, donut socks. Mm-hmm. Very out of character for our usual black and gray attire. Yes. Yes. And I did wear black and gray last episode. I know I was wearing a black shirt. Black shirt. I forget what. Gray pants. Are yeah. I just wearing your outfit from last time? Yeah. And you're wearing just the black. inverse of it? I guess so, because you were wearing shorts back then. <laughs> I know. I was cringing a little to see my bare calves Dude, on YouTube. You sexy, hairy legs. Okay, let's start the episode. Um, we, we, we already started. But like, this is all gold. <laughs> maybe this is a progress, like the intro. We, uh, we have some updates. We, we uh, agreed upon the name of a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to introduce it, you it's, gotta you introduce. You're the host. It's no, I'm not. <laughs> you you handled all the hosting duties. Yes, I guess. Last I guess. Time. Uh, it's because because I, I sure. Uh, it's, it's called the Odd Podcast, O D Podcast, but not O D. It's Odd Odd Podcast. You don't say the O and the D. Just you know the abbreviation. Yeah. It's Odd Podcast. <laughs> Um, oh, I really like that. I was pronouncing it because we just did this in text. Yeah. I was pronouncing it uh, "od" in my head. Oh shit! But that's a little. That's too heavy. It, yeah, I know. You don't want that. Odd is odd is nice. Yeah, we don't want the pe- other people, victims, or anything to get out angry yeah. now. You know, we, we but wanna, when they want to be family friendly, when they see it in type, they will think that uh, could be. Mm, it's odd with one D because yeah. it's our initials, Oscar and Dylan. Huh. That's that's yeah. where it comes from, yeah, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure I knew what we even decided. Mm-hmm. But right, the odd podcast. Cool. Okay, that's better than OD. My other question is this for you. Um, we we're thinking about doing a theme song. Yeah. Do you want to do every episode a different theme song, or should we just stick to one theme song? That depends. If we can nail it, knock yeah. it out of the park with yeah. a, a first theme song, we'll uh-huh. just use it every time. Okay. There's the one podcast I name dropped. Well, one of like three. Last mm-hmm. time, Corridor Cast does a musical I intro need to of every. To his stuff. This is another thing I was thinking about after listening back to the last one. Is like we both talked about podcasts we like, and I think the podcast people listen to are, is so like individual. 
Like what's good for one person's like not maybe good for the other. I don't think you would like Corridor Cast. Is basically that, well, what I'm saying. That's true. But I talked to some people who listened to that first episode, and they thought it was funny that we talked about podcasts. It's I like a podcast about podcasts, but it's not really. I don't, you know, I don't even know what to categorize it, this podcast. But it doesn't matter. We're just talking. We're not even putting this on like a podcast app. It's only on YouTube. We will. I want to put it on like Apple Podcasts or what? What, what do you use for? Is there a Google? Podcast? I don't use Spotify. I only use Apple and Google. But you don't have an Apple phone. But you use Apple Podcasts. I have an Apple TV. And an iPad. Okay, so, so you do use some. But Apple if I if I'm on the go, I use my phone and I use the Apple Podcast. I mean Google Podcast. Okay, is that just called Google Podcast? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna put this down because I feel like it's creating dead air. <laughs> I, I do want to say uh, I want to thank everybody who saw the first episode. I was not expecting to be quote-unquote popular um so i don't know about you but it's making me feel kind of excited for the second one and see if it's just as good as the first one <laughs> makes me wonder like did, did smashing pumpkin heads hated our po- episode <laughs> fans or smashing pumpkin fans or that we don't know especially well, in my but, perspective since i'm not a fan i know it was uh well the two pumpkins fans closest to us enjoyed it yeah (laughs) robert and ben had a positive response i don't know if they talked to you about this but they really liked it they kind of want to be guests yeah yeah i was i was thinking that too and robert's local so we can have him in person Mm -hmm. ben could be a like i said like a skype guest Mm -hmm. yes we'll have to figure out some technology to make that happen um but to answer your question of what this podcast is, we do have a theme developing. We're yeah. we're reviewing musical artists that are important to both of us. Yeah, but I mean, we can change it as we go. But yeah, yeah, uh, I think we should keep it free form. Yeah. Talk about whatever's on our minds. Free form category for podcasts. Is that a category? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> comedy slash free form. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, we haven't even introduced the theme, but maybe this is where I can put a clip of last two weeks ago's yeah. episode where uh-huh. you you decided our theme yeah, for us. right here. Wow, interesting, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do we even have to say it again? <laughs> well, okay, let me let me start by asking you. I want you to t- I want you to talk about it first. What's your favorite Bob Dylan album? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I I thought about this a lot Mm -hmm. over the past week, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go with Blonde on Blonde. Nice. But I think we should... Nice. Are we going to start with the album that's each of our favorites, or are we going to start with a new one, or what? Let's end it with the new one. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's chronological. Uh, are you sticking with your choice yeah. from last two weeks yeah. ago? Yeah, I am. I, we both picked mid '60s, early Dylan records. We uh, maybe you'll agree with me on this. You're more of a Bob Dylan fan than I am, but I think really, yeah, I think you're dude. pretty. You're pretty hardcore, uh, dude. I I can't I can't recall his quotes uh, like his lyrics like that. Neither can but, I. But I I know the references. Okay, let me put a pin on that. I just want to say this to you. One of my favorite 
songs from Dylan that I heard recently that's you know not from the 60s period. It's 1988, Death Is Not The End. Really good song. See, I don't know that Nick, one. Nick Cave covered it. Nick Cave's uh, version is really good. But yeah, I highly recommend that song. Okay, going back. 1988, was that on Oh Mercy? Do you know the album it's, it's from? It's, it's a black... It's him playing on stage, and it's mostly like black and like a two-tone picture. Was it a live release N- that uh, you're talking about? No, I don't think it's a live release. Uh, okay. See, I want to keep to the no like Googling. Yeah. <laughs> Although we did, you were looking up on Spotify last time, yeah, the song yeah, titles. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. do that. Okay, I yeah. Think. I'm fine with that. But okay. There's some lyrics I want to cite from the new album that I think I need to look up. <laughs> Rub a dub dub. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, I do. So before we, we went to that tangent, I did want to say that I, you might disagree with me here, but I think Dylan's period era from, from 1965 through 66, maybe even 67, I'm going to say 65 and 66 is this golden period, the most prolific that any artist has ever done. Is, uh, yeah, like an album each year, if not more. There's like right? three or four albums per year between those two years. Blonde on Blonde, Highway 66, right? Um, 61. 61, sorry. But wait, yeah. bringing it all back home is 65 or 60, is, it, is it 64? 66. Not 64. Not 64 at all. It's the earliest of the ones we're talking about, though. It's like the beginning of his like electric period yeah. mm-hmm. before even uh, like, like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Then you, um, but yeah, I really do think that that period is his most prolific and changed music history. I mean, I don't want to be a VH1 documentary um, talking head, but it's uh, true. I, it's it makes me wonder. Can't argue with it that. makes me wonder if he how what maybe he was driven or if he used a lot of Adderall or speed just just to crank all that shit up. Oh yeah, I think he was pretty into amphetamines and like uppers and. Uh-huh. He was Uppers really and pot <laughs> and like acid too. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he turned on the Beatles to definitely weed, yes. but maybe acid too. Acid too. That's the rumor. I mean, that he he didn't give it to them, but like he introduced them. Like, hey, you should do the acid. <laughs> I, along in this episode, I really want you to do a Bob Dylan. Uh, oh man! I know you make you, me do that, dude. Dude. You, I lo- I love you just Dylan snuck in a little uh, like a Rolling Stone Dylan parody. It sounds weirdly close to your Billy Corgan, <laughs> the whiny. <laughs> <laughs> I just I wish uh, they have I could do that high pitched nasally voice. That's that's something remarkable from Billy Corgan that he can do that. Uh, and Bob has a little of that too. In fact, this morning. This is tell it to tell you how much I prepared for this podcast. I there's that Netflix Scorsese documentary, uh, like Rolling Thunder review. Is it good? Uh, I've seen half of it. It was really good, and I love that period of his career. I didn't watch it because I heard the critics talk that a big part of that area of that movie is all fiction because it's oh, they were yeah. saying it's a documentary. It's for sure fiction, but that was kind of the whole idea oh, of. The, like Bob hired uh, Sam Shepard, the uh-huh. playwright, to like create fake or like little skits and mm. stuff during that tour. So it's it's mixing fact and fiction. All right, I'll give it a watch then. Uh, it's good, and but we're kind of going off on a tangent, and neither of us picked mid seventies era albums, so we don't have to get into this. But uh, we're not going to his Christian based. 
that part I, I can't even really get into. <laughs> Have you ever met a guy, a Dylan fan, Bob Dylan fan, that said, you know, my favorite album is uh, Self-Portrait? And they're like, they're looking at you straight in the face. I haven't met one. Is Self-Portrait considered Christian album face? Uh, I think so. I mean, after the accident, you can make the argument that every album is Christian-based, even if he doesn't talk about Christianity. Because uh, he, really? he made an argument in one of the interviews that he said, I'm still a Christian even if I don't talk about it. There are things about it that I will consider a Christian album. I'm just not going to reference it like I used to. I'm paraphrasing what he said. Are we in Billy Corgan territory again <laughs> with the Christianity buried in the, in the music? I mean, but Billy's more vague. No, Billy's more upfront about it. Well, it doesn't get much well, more upfront than like slow train coming. Well, Dylan was had a period when he talked about it all the effing time. I need to I need to make sure if I'm going to swear or not. So I'm just going to start censoring myself all the swear. effing time, and then he stopped. Uh, Dylan so, yeah, did. Yeah, Bob Dylan did. So like, I feel like Dylan had a peak, you know. So now he's just in a. Right now, we'll talk more about it in uh in the when we're talking about the new album. Right now, he's just in the category of "I want to die now." Please let me die. <laughs> For the Man, love of God, that's your opinion. Yeah. I think his new album has a lot of like spunk and like humor in it. I agree, but let's stop, and I want to hear your okay. thoughts of Blonde on Blonde. Well, bringing it all back home it comes first, so maybe we should do that one first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, I don't even think we said it. We're just relying no, on No, my favorite album memory. from from Mr. Robert Zimmerman is Bringing It All Back Home. Um, I I enjoy Subterranean Homesick Blues, I, even though it's kind of a cliche, over uh, you know, overplayed song. It's a great song. Um, it's funny hearing critics say that that he arguably wrote the first hip hop song, and it's that's the one, you know. And it's funny because I don't remember Bob Dylan taking credit. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know. Eh. That's my Dylan, you know, <laughs> being neutral about it. Um, yeah, I wonder if he thinks he invented rap because yeah, he's basically rapping in that song. Yeah, mm, great stuff. So, talk singing, very rhythmic and fast. It's. I don't think anyone was doing that before, but Bob Dylan seemed to have like stolen a lot of things from just like. A random folk artists he would see in clubs in mm-hmm. like Greenwich Village and stuff. So maybe he just saw someone doing that and was like, "Hey, I want to do that." Um, he pulled a Picasso, right? Great artist steal. Yeah, so or, you, got, you got my reference. Good artist copy, great artist steal. There we go. Um, but I want. Uh, Wait, can we can yeah. we reverse for a second? Yeah, Why? Sure. What got you into Bob Dylan? I wanted to That's ask funny. you this. Thank you for saying that. Um. I was in my teenage years, and everybody was getting into rock and roll, and everybody was talking about how Bob Dylan is the greatest songwriter of all time, greatest songwriter of the 20th century. So I tried to listen to him, and I did not like it. But everybody's <laughs> telling me, no, check it. Check it out. It's really good. I did not like I'll ask you this question as I'm answering my question. Um, there's two kinds of music people, the ones who are heavily driven on the melody and the music and the other ones that are heavily driven on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm more into the music. So Bob Dylan was my eye-opener of paying attention to the lyrics, that lyrics are more just as important as the melody of the music. 
So when I just zoned out, like 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 uh, filtered his voice, because I didn't like his voice at in the beginning, and started paying attention to the lyrics, it opened my mind. It's like okay, I see why he's amazing. And then I started following. I mean, listening to more of his music as time went by. Where did, where did you start? Uh, I started from um, the '61 album, like his very first, his first like self-titled, and then Free Will and Bob Dylan. Oh, you really started yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, good for you. Like I, I, I haven't listened to those first like three or four fully, just him and a guitar mm-hmm. records in a mm-hmm. long time, but. I, I loved those when I was like first learning how to play guitar and mm-hmm. learning what songwriting was all about. Also, I'm, I've got a compliment he, you here. Um, getting to meet you and knowing that your name is because of Bob Dylan inspired me to listen to more Bob Dylan. Because as you That's get older, you get to meet other people who are huge Dylan fans or they're like boomer age or sometimes younger than that. Or, you know, and. I get to see the perspective of Bob Dylan and why great how why and how great he is. It's just his lyrics are astounding and I feel like in music in rock and roll American music there's a threshold if you want to be better than Dylan like there's people that are better and worse than Dylan or songs that are better than worse than Dylan and you know sometimes I feel like some Lou Reed songs are better than some of Dylan's songs and vice versa. So you start you start thinking I start thinking in that way. I use like a Dylan is a Bob Dylan is a threshold of like mm, which songwriter is better or worse. Um, Interesting. He's his own uh, like quality scale. The the Bob Dylan meter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know. It's not quite what you said, but yes, yes, get, that's that's what it. I'm trying to say. You said it. You said it perfectly. Um, <laughs> okay, going back to bringing it all back home. Um, what I like about that album is. Um, in general, it's a swan song to his old era of acoustic stuff, and a, and a, you know, and him introducing himself with the band. I like the beginning of of it with the band, but I also like the second half when he's basically saying, "I'm not going to be doing acoustic anymore. This is the last time I'm doing this. Enjoy it." And he has some great songs in it. Um, so that's the main reason why I enjoy it. But now let's get into the n- little details. Um, I like Maggie's Farm. Mm. Maggie's Farm is really cool. Uh, Do you think it's a political statement? Oh yeah, totally. Um, as I'm as I'm getting older and as I'm listening to Bob Dylan's lyrics again and again and again, I think he's a hardcore socialist. And it's I mean sometimes it's obvious. Some people don't know that. Some people don't want to bring it up. That's fine. But like it's it's in the lyrics. I mean Bob Dylan made the argument that he never wrote. Um, protest songs, even though he's part of the protest scene, but you can make that argument if it is or isn't. But you, but I definitely see that he's talking about how society is and how bad society can be, and he's just showing that we need to do better. Yeah, I mean, I've always heard Maggie's Farm cited as a, uh, a very political song, but it's very abstract and like figurative in language too. Like, I, I ain't gonna work on Maggie's Farm. Is Maggie's Farm like? Capitalism is that's, that is that the metaphor. only because uh, what if he just when I first heard that song like my mom especially like both my parents like you said they named me Dylan because uh, they like Bob Dylan was your mom a Dylan fan yeah she was the bigger Dylan fan I, I thought your pops was uh, 
I mean, I, my dad was like more into like, he just was always searching for new music. Mm -hmm. So by the time I was born, like he probably went through a pretty heavy Dylan phase, but it was my mom who I think was always like, he's like her top musical artist ever. Uh, and like, I think she's someone who listens to lyric music much more for the lyrics than ah. it's musical content. So like, it makes sense. Do you, do you think for the people that don't know this, Dylan's mom is, um, uh, born outside of the United States. Yes. She's um, from Thailand. And English is her second language. Is it safe to assume that? Oh yeah. Okay. So do you think that she was listening to more of the lyrics to improve her English or like just because of that, she, you know, it could be that more. Uh, yeah, I'd have to ask her like when she first got into it. I know she was in her teens and that could have been something to do with it. Like the lyrics are so, uh, evocative and like specific that they're, they're probably, and he, he enunciates very clearly. Like the lyrics are always very like, they're the, they're in the forefront of the mix usually, uh, as opposed to like the band. So yeah, that that's a good point. Were your parents were were they ever into Bob Dylan? No, no. Your... My parents made fun of me. Other than my mom, my dad <laughs> made fun of me for liking the Beatles a lot. Like hmm. in his perspective, me liking the Beatles was like this equivalent of like if I were raised in the seventies, me liking Kiss. Like the Beatles is demonic, it's stupid, it's gay. How dare you know, like not how dare you, but like you can listen to better stuff. And they were listening the funny part is at that time, he still does this. He's he listens to classical, like romantic ballads, seventies, sixties and fifties Mexican music. Mm-hmm. But like for him the Beatles and rock and roll just seemed really corny and bad. So, I mean, me listening to the Beatles and then some aspect was rebellious. So him hearing about Dil- Dylan, he doesn't know who Dylan is. He doesn't, he doesn't care. So my mom, she kind of knew, but she didn't know. So she was more of a Beatles fan than anything. So, yeah. So, yeah. So overall, they just made fun of me for enjoying rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. English-speaking rock and roll. Right. I was going to bring that up as like a possible connection between our our upbringings because we both had that like English as a second language in our, at least our mothers. But she likes the Beatles, your mom. Yeah, she does. She does. Her favorite is John. So is mine. Um, I will will connect this though. Um, Back in the day, I used to work at a library and I had a coworker. She was Asian as well, half Asian. The way we bonded is we quoted... Subterranean homesick blues all the time. We just quoted like one line, wow. you know. It's like you don't know which way the weather. You know, you don't you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows, or you know, stuff like that. It, it was cute. just it was just really funny, and we just tried to like one up one another and try to make each other laugh. Wow. So that's one way that I enjoyed Bob Dylan more. So to bring it back to subterranean. Uh, the music video for that it's got to be one of the first like like great music videos oh, yeah. where he's holding the cue cards in the alley uh and who's the poet again i fuck i forget his name uh, oh there's a poet in yeah. it like in uh, the ginsburg, background ginsburg, or ginsburg ginsburg is there in the background i forgot Chilling. about that part i haven't seen it in a long time i still need to see that movie which movie from the 65 period 
Don't look back. Don't look back. Oh, it's incredible. It's a great movie. See, this is what I'm saying. You're more of a Dylan fan. I still haven't seen The Last Waltz. Really? Every time I try to watch it, I'm just snoozing. <laughs> you know? I, you're not I, into the band that much? I mean, I am, and I'm, uh, yeah, me, yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, for some reason, like, there's some bad songs in that, in that, uh, The Last Waltz. <laughs> Like the one with Neil Diamond? Yeah, I actually I like his song there better than like hearing like him like Caroline or Sweet Caroline or whatever. I like the song he did there. It's but it seems very out of place. Yeah. I've never really heard anyone express that, but I agree with you. Like the first I like made myself watch it because I heard how legendary yeah. it was, but there are some like bad Parts or just songs I don't yeah. really connect with. I mean, this is during Martin Scorsese Coke period, so you thought that it would be more <laughs> faster paced than anything. I'll say this: uh, I don't want to say it because I'm going to piss off Led Zeppelin fans. I'll, sh- I'll change my, I'll change, I'll change the topic. Go ahead. We don't have to. We don't owe Led Zeppelin fans anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Even though I've seen, uh, I'm just going to say it: the the documentary music documentary, the song remains the same by Zeppelin. I've never seen that good is that just a, i thought it was a live show uh, it is it's really boring really boring but if you like zeppelin it's probably pretty cool uh, right? i talked to some zeppelin fans and they say it's boring some not all of them some they say it's boring okay going back to bringing it all back home there is i forget the name of the song but i one of my favorite introductions or intros to a song is in that uh is in that album is where um Bob Dylan starts strumming the guitar. And he laughs. Yeah, someone laughs. Is it him oh, or is it oh, someone you're else? Right. It's mainly another guy. Uh, I don't know what they're laughing. I want to know the inside joke. I'm pretty sure in a book they'll tell me what the inside joke is, but like that laugh is so contagious. <laughs> I even start laughing sometimes. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, it's way it's like a way deeper voice than Bob's. I always thought it was him yeah. until like I realized like the same guy singing the song could not sound like that. I, I think they're just laughing because he kind of does a false start or like the band doesn't come in at the but right it time. sounds like pretty good. I don't know yeah. what the mistake was. <laughs> so it must have been like someone's face reaction while recording <laughs> or something. I just like little things like that. And they kept it in, kept it in yeah. the album. Okay, uh, so I'm done with it unless you want something to talk about it, like your perspective of it or anything. I mean, how how long have we been talking? Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty long. Oh, shit. Uh yeah, we're already thirty minutes in. That's but cool. That's cool. Yeah, like bringing it all back home. It, it's a classic, but for, I think for all the same reasons you said, like it's the bridge between his acoustic and his rock stuff. Like, uh, I find it less satisfying than like his fully electric work, or even maybe I'm just kind of biased against like singer songwriter, mm-hmm. like just acoustic guitar and voice stuff now. That I I I would be less likely to go back to it. Um, but it has some of my all-time favorite songs. No, Love Minus Zero, No Limits is feels like an acoustic song, but mm-hmm. it's like kind of it's in the electric half. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some of his most like weird biblical epic acoustic songs. The Eve song that one's really good. Uh, Gate, Gar- Gates of Eden yeah, or Gates something. Eden, yeah. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I didn't go back and listen to it. I did. Good. Just 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 to get a refresher. I listened to my pick again, and I listened to the new one several times. Oh, you listened to it several times? I think three times. Oh, wow. I just listened to it once. Well, you heard it 
like this I, week? Yeah, I heard it this week, and I heard it when it came out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Blonde on Blonde. Okay, Blonde on Blonde. It's not the next album after yours. It's the second two two albums from there. So we're skipping Highway 61. I, I was thinking about listening to Highway 61 because I also like what I like about that one. Maybe I'm confusing myself with that one and and bringing it all back home. I love the Moby Dick reference about Captain Ahab. Oh yeah. Um, what song is that on? It's the one of the. Dream oh wait, songs. Oh, that, isn't that on Bringing It All Back? Oh, then it's in Bringing It All Back. Bob Dylan's home. Dream. Yeah, yeah. Then okay. it's on Bringing It All Back Home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with the Columbus and say good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, see now, now all the Bob Dylan fans are like, "How oh, dare you? You got it all wrong." I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to remember it from. Yeah, yeah. we never claim to be yeah. totally factually accurate. We don't want to be. I don't want it to be, especially no. in a podcast that's freeform. Let's just let it be and have fun and make people laugh or sad or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So blonde on blonde. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let, let me. I want to. What did you think? Of the first song, did you do you like it or hate it? Oh, the they'll stone you. Song? Rainy day woman number twelve and thirty five. Oh, you know the numbers. I, yeah. I never really remember the full title. Uh-huh. Uh, I w- it was really interesting listening to that again because I haven't heard it in like yeah. at least a few years, and I'm pretty sure all the laughing and like shouting yeah. over the crowd was added afterwards. Ah. It has to be like it would be yeah. really weird to record that song with like a live mic in a room. That's how they did things back then, but it just felt kind of like an overdub. Mm-hmm. And Good maybe I'm, I'm totally wrong, but it sounded to me like, now that I know a bit more about like how albums are made, like slightly more, like it felt like something they would add in, in another track. But um, I love it. It's a great song. It, it creates a fun party vibe. I'm so happy that you say that. I think that's one of the reasons why we're friends, because I know a lot of Dylan fans who hate that song. That's one of the arguments, one of the worst songs that he's ever written. I maybe it's the Mexican in me, but I love the band, <laughs> the the you know New Orleans vibe feel to it. Uh, yeah. When I say Mexican in me, I'm, I'm talking about the brass instruments, the tuba, and all that stuff. Yeah, I really enjoy fun. it, especially from the region that I'm born. That that stuff is really popular, and hearing Dylan doing that, mm, so good. And it's like a big refresher, big palette. Because you always hear him in a band or playing by himself, and then out of nowhere, it starts with. A brass band. Yeah, I wonder if that's his first time with like horns in a song. I, I can't remember is. any other time. There's like organ and stuff on like like a Rolling Stone, but I I, I think that's the first that brass. That I, yeah, that's I cool. Think you're correct. There there could be some obscure moment, um, but yeah, I like that song. But it, I don't I don't get the hate from it. I I've heard similar sentiments about another blonde on blonde song. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but like a, a classmate of mine and at SCIC, who's one of the bigger Dylan fans I've ever met. Bigger once. than you? Uh, in some ways. I, I don't really know. But he hated the song I Want You and what thought it was you? like... What you so big. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great impression. Get, that song does get really annoying quick. <laughs> I always like it. I think it is, it's, it's catchy and like it's very poppy. I want you... <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite. What do you thing- think of Blonde on Blonde in general? <laughs> I think it's a good album. Okay. I think it's a good album. Uh, I, I just want to say, like, one of my favorite things in pastime of my life. I love just making fun of Dylan with his voice. You know, I used to do it a lot too, but I'm scared to do it on a podcast. <laughs> Why not? Do that? You, I think you do a better job than me. No, 
Nah. <laughs> like, have you ever thought about like, okay, do you, do you remember that uh, that movie, The Doors, with Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison? I, I saw it once. I don't. I hardly remember. Do you remember it. the scene when his girlfriend was pregnant and Jim Morrison was convincing her to get an abortion? And it was a really no. sensitive, like emotionally touching moment because it's showing Jim being, you know, a, a jerk, you know, instead of being mm-hmm. like caring and supportive. I see things like that, and I'm thinking to myself, imagine if Bob Dylan was like talking, like like Jim Morrison talking as Bob Dylan. It's like, hmm, why don't we just get an abortion? I love you, honey, but I don't know if you should have a kid. Hmm, well, let's get an abortion. I don't know. <laughs> That's the things that I think about when I watch movies. Just if he was the Jim Morrison character or just randomly like the instead. Voice. Yeah. The thing is, he doesn't really talk just like he sings. There's a little bit. He's got a weird accent, or like I mean, it's the Minnesota, and but you like that. <laughs> that's almost more like Woody Allen. <laughs> not, but not really. No, Woody's got that uh, Manhattan accent, that that worried Jewish voice. Accent. Yeah, different type of Jewish accent. Is is he Jewish, Robert Zimmerman? Uh, yeah. Did not know that. Did you read? Did really? you read? Did you read? So no. Zimmerman. I mean, Robert yeah, Zimmerman. yeah, but I don't want to assume. Um, have you read any of his biographies? Uh, I read the like memoir chronicles. Oh, I think. dude, volume, I want to read that. I think there's only volume one so far, even though it seemed like he was going to write more. Yeah. Maybe he's written more, and I just haven't. I've been out of the loop of like Bob Dylan until you told until you suggested this. As the second podcast topic, I, I like wasn't even going to listen to his new album, but I'm glad <laughs> I'm welcome. really glad you brought it up. Uh-huh. And I mean, we can talk about this more when we get to the new album, but like uh-huh. it re reawakened like the desire to listen to music when I'm painting because uh-huh. that's how I did it. I like I didn't just put it on and, and listen to it. I was I was painting. Because uh, now I, I usually listen to podcasts. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, what do you do now? Pretty much always podcast mm. for the last like at least over a year, but I feel like music is better for my art. For your brain. Yeah, mm. a lot better. And but a specific part of the painting where I'm like trying to come up with a an idea and stuff, like music helps that. And podcasts always distract me, so I either have to like turn it off and ignore it or like um I can put on podcasts when I'm just doing the like rendering part mm. of a painting and then it's fine. But for like trying to come up with an an idea like mm. uh music and that new album the new dylan album like inspired me in a way that i haven't felt inspired in a while so thank you You're sincerely I, I think it's going to open a, a a new age <laughs> where i'm going to listen to music the new era of dylan robbie new album like list the albums again have you updated your website not in a long time mm. i'm excited to see now like your best stuff like this is your period like your podcast period of doing art, <laughs> your music period of doing art. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, do you actually like? Would you actually look at my website if I updated? F yes, because I yes, kind of brother. feel like now that I'm on Instagram, I was avoiding Instagram for like pretty. I mean, I'm years. also gonna update your, uh, see your Instagram and put a comment yeah. saying I like this. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're always very supportive on, in social media when I appreciate it, but I figured like no one really looks at personal websites these days. Dude, no, no, that's true. 
No. You don't think so? I mean, I, I, I don't do it. I mean, unless I'm really looking into someone, as I, if I'm look, seeing it, then no. That's the only yeah. time I've have. Like yesterday, I went to someone's website because I was watching Reservoir Dogs, and I wanted to know more about this actor. And the only thing I could see is they had a website. So uh, it's things which, like that. Which actor? I Reservoir forget their Dogs. name. I forget their name. Have you watched it? Have you? Are you, are you up to date? Uh, with Reservoir Res- Dogs. With Res- I mean, <laughs> up to yeah. date? Didn't with, the movie come out like thirty years ago? No, sorry. Uh, Res Dogs. Res Reservation dogs. dogs. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Reservation oh, dogs. Res- I don't even know what that dogs. is. It's a it's a cool it's a comedy. I don't think it's a comedy, but it's a comedy about these four Native American kiddos in Oklahoma at a reservation. Oh my god, I can't believe I said reservoir dogs. I'm so bad. <laughs> I am my apologies. I mean yeah. it makes sense. They're very similar titles. Yeah, they did that on purpose. Uh not, not I, on purpose, but yeah, they they did that for a fun time. I've never even heard of that. It's show. a good one. It's really heart touching show with a lot of comic relief in some parts. But anyways, blonde on blonde. <laughs> uh, should we should Red we edit it right now? Let's let's put a let's put a album cover of blonde on blonde for people who don't know. It's right here. Yeah, they're okay, gonna walk through, and I I could use a bathroom break. All right, let's pause right now. Need help? We can check if everything's okay. Okay, we're back. Okay, blonde on blonde. Yeah. Um Their voices are going to distract. Yeah, me. sorry, it's all good. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let me <laughs> try to collect my thoughts. Do you think? Nah, I'm not going to bring that up. That's the beauty of Rainy Day Woman, twelve and thirty-five. The double entendre, the word stone. Right. But <laughs> you know how the Beatles has some kid songs. Like Yellow Submarine, All Together Now, Octopus's Garden. Do you think Dylan has some kid songs? Or childish um, songs? I'm trying to think. Murder Most Foul has Rub-A-Dub Dub in it. Um, blonde on Blonde. <laughs> what else is even on it? I have to like look it up, the track listing. It's a long album. Oh, yeah. I think it's two vinyls. Two LPs, yes. Even on CD. Actually, I used to have a CD of it. It was it's one CD. But it was like eighty minutes long, right? Or almost. Yeah, it's close to full Boom. capacity. Rainy Day Woman number twelve and thirty five. Pledging my time. Visions of Johanna. One of us must know. I want you. Stuck inside of a mobile with the Memphis Blues again. This song, I I love the fact that. There's okay for the fans that don't know this. Well, they you guys don't know this. There are moments where I just randomly reference a joke I have about Bob Dylan, and I tell it to my friend Dylan, and then I'm kind of like informing him about new things. 
Uh, so one time, I, this next song is Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. And the joke I was giving him, it was uh, a, a joke regarding the female genitalia. Because the song is about female genitalia. And his, and his, uh, and his reaction was like, oh, I never knew that song was about female genitalia. Wait, are you talking about me? Yeah. You, he's, you what, told me this? Yeah. But the joke was... <laughs> The joke was a long time ago, right? It was like, yeah, yeah, like last year or so. The joke was because I was listening to uh, Cardi B's WAP. Yeah, I was like, uh, oh yeah, I remember this <laughs> now. The WAP reference. I forget what the joke was, but I was basically referencing Cardi B's WAP and Bob Dylan's Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat, saying like maybe like, like, like after Bob Dylan hearing WAP. Bob Dylan's regretting, like, oh, I should have done, a, I should have written a better version of of Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat after hearing WAP, like him trying to fix it. Now that was my joke. Um, just like a woman talking about women. Um, the Spotify's not telling, giving me the whole title of the song. Most I, likely, yeah. you go your way. Temporary, like Achilles, absolutely sweet Marie. Fourth time around. Ebs, uh, obviously, five believers and sad eye lady of the lowlands. Yeah, I uh, I have to confess I, when I was re-listening to it, I only made it through the first half, and then I like got distracted. But I I mean I've listened to this album many times, and so I kind of I remember the back half. Sad eyed lady of the lowlands is that's incredible. Ten minute song, right? Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's something I really respect Bob Dylan for. Is like he can write really long songs and not not make them drag or like he they don't they don't feel like really filler they're just like more and more verses or do you disagree you think he has some filler songs i agree and disagree like i agree that that's one of his one of his biggest strengths the problem i have is that he was the trendsetter of of making all other singer-songwriters think it's okay to do that. I, do you remember going to open mic nights and hearing singer-songwriters doing that, and you're thinking to yourself, when is this effing song over? Like, they're trying to imitate Bob Dylan by singing five, seven, ten verses, and the chorus is the same all over again. Like, sometimes it gets annoying. It all depends on the delivery, and I think Dil- Dylan can deliver it really well. Yeah, he has conviction throughout those like 10 verses or whatever he like he has the same intensity all the way through it never feels uh, just like hurricane the song hurricane that's a very intense song bob dylan drops a few uh n-bombs in there and no one but it's in context he's not using the word but but he kind of is it's it's no but he's saying he'll be saying it with anger again this is where i mean like he he arguably could be a socialist because like he's showing how angry he is about what happened i already made that joke it's like like mm, i want to write a song that could use the n-word what should i talk about mm, what rhymes with trigger <laughs> <laughs> wait who is that character it's bob dylan just think him thinking as he's writing a song but you're saying he he wasn't doing that. He had no, a. <laughs> I'm just thinking like that's one of my ideas. Sometimes happens, but like I feel like he did that because he was angry and he wanted to yeah. talk about the problems with society, and that's one of them. I still haven't seen the movie with uh, Denzel Washington with the same title, Hurricane. Was that Denzel? Yes. Oh man, that's bad. I thought I thought it was a different actor. <laughs> I seriously. 
Oh, okay. Wait, Will Smith did Ali. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Well, <laughs> I haven't. I don't think I've seen either of those movies. I'm just not a big boxing fan. Oh, dude. But, uh, I'm a boxing fan. I don't box, but I love watching it and seeing it. Cool. I, that's a good uh, segue to. I was reading about Bob Dylan. I was actually googling if he still smokes because he's like always with a cigarette in early videos and, yeah. and photos. And yeah, he just turned eighty-one this year. He's still, or maybe eighty-two. He's old. He's old, but he, I've never heard he had a, issues with like lung cancer or anything. Like mm-hmm. he's he's still strong. And people say that he's very physically fit for his age because he he owns or like has a share of a boxing gym and does a lot of boxing. That's crazy. Um, I know. I was surprised when I heard that's his preferred exercise. Uh, this is going to segue, but I want to bring this up. Do you do you like Andy Warhol? Yeah. So I don't know if you know this. Like Andy Warhol worked out a lot because of his uh, incident in 68 when he got shot. The doctors told him, like, you need to work out because, you know, the muscles is helping you. If not, you know, that bullet wound is going to be weak and your body's going to be frail and all that stuff so you have to work out so he you know he doesn't want to show like his tones and everything so he purposely wore all these a lot of clothes so he doesn't so he looked like a frail kid but he loved doing um uh arm wrestling he always won every arm wrestle wow Andy Warhol was a yeah, arm so wrestling he's, he's hustler. Yeah, so he's got like big muscles. So it makes me wonder if Bob Dylan was the same. Like he looks like a frail 80-year-old kid, but like 80-year-old <laughs> boy, man. But like in reality, he could be like that Dragon Ball Z character. I forget their names. I, I don't I don't know my enemy that well. But you know what I'm talking about, that, that old man. And then like he looks old. And then once you take his shirts off and close out, he's really strong and toned. I I've never really watched Dragon Ball Z, but I can picture that. Do you know? What, oh yeah, but as long as you know who I'm talking about. There's there's photos of Dylan from the '80s where he's like wearing like a leather tank top or like a leather vest, bare arms, and he's he's pretty ripped in that era. Like you can tell he was working out. I haven't seen him without his like cowboy jackets in recent years because he's always just covered up. But uh, he could be hiding some some guns under his <laughs> his shirts so uh, it's safe to assume that uh bob dylan likes boxing i think yeah. so you can you could s- see that from some of his songs he wrote besides the hurricane song he, he had songs from the i guess there was a boxer named davy moore that he wrote a like uh-huh. a angry song about in his acoustic period he, he was killed i think in a f- boxing match mm. i forget the story i used to I used to know his catalog a lot more, um, but I, I think I'm going to get back into it thanks to this conversation. We just help each other all the time, huh? What have I helped you with? No, like, I mean, <laughs> you've helped me with getting into Dylan back like oh. eight years ago, nine years ago. Okay, yeah, the, the Bob Dylan inspiration keeps but coming going, full going, circle. Going back to Blonde and Blonde. <laughs> I mean, we already talked about it more than we talked about bringing it all back home. Maybe we need to move on. We can, we can like... So what is it that you like about it, though? Okay, yeah, I, didn't, I guess I didn't really say yeah. that. <laughs> um, I think it's a very weird... It's like the most psychedelic he ever got, in my opinion. Uh-huh. There's probably... Like, actually, Street Legal, a weird album from the late 70s, is, like, pretty weird and, like, psychedelic with the lyrics, but... Uh, just everything about Blonde on Blonde, it feels so cool to me. It's like, I think it was 1966. Uh, you can tell there were like, (laughs) 
a few different drugs involved in the writing and recording of that album. It just feels very like spacey the way he sings, uh, the instrumentation. It's not too country or too rock and roll. It's like its own weird genre, which I've never really heard anything else quite like. It has a rustic vibe too. It's rustic for sure. Like all his, every album of his is like, you can tell it's just session musicians in a room mm-hmm. tracking together. It's, there's nothing fussy about them, if that's what you mean by rustic. Yeah. But at the same time, it's very sophisticated to me. Like some of the arrangements are so like, so clever like some of the little uh like piano or keyboard parts layered over the guitars it's not just guitar and electric guitar and bass and drums it's like there's like a lot of textures to it that i like okay good to know i'm not, now i'm gonna listen re-listen to blonde on blonde in the future i think i think you should <laughs> it's it's always been up there as I think my favorite uh, for some reason. I don't know. I think the songs are really good. Okay. I would cl- I would liken it to uh, Melancholy and the inf- Infinite Sadness <laughs> just because it's long. They're both long. Um, you don't have to answer this question now. Um, maybe in the next podcast you can say this to me. But what is your favorite double disc album? Two LP, two disc album. Like a Think lot of about the great it. bands, I, I never really got into like Pink Floyd, The Wall, or uh, Led Zeppelin. Is it Physical Graffiti? Yeah, that's a two disc one. I forgot about. Physical. Like those are like the landmark ones, but I've never been huge into either of those bands. So, do you have a favorite Zeppelin album? Honestly, like I love parts of their catalog. It's always fun to watch them play live, but I've never like been someone who just puts on a full Zeppelin record. Mm-hmm. I have a couple on vinyl. I think I have Led Zeppelin 2 <laughs> and maybe 4. Mm. I like Houses of the Holy. I think Houses it has some of the great Holy is a good one. songs on it. Okay. Um, I want to give out this little tidbit, and this can be a good transition to the new album, Ralph and Rowdy Waste. Is that what it's called? Rough and Rowdy. It almost sounded like you said Ralph, like the name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ralph um, and the Rowdy Ways. <laughs> so the the last song of the album, uh, of Blonde and Blonde, the Lowlands one, mm-hmm. um, I think you know this already, but the fans don't, or followers don't. Um, Bob Dylan has a bad reputation with bands. He, he doesn't tell the bands what to do. But he, Is that a bad reputation, or is that freedom? <laughs> but if there's a big mistake, he'll, get, he'll yell at you for it. And you and like I I heard about this like Bob Dylan doesn't tune his guitar, so the so the band members detune to sound like him. Wow, so those are the things that I think like it's there's not that much freedom for it. You know, it's like he <laughs> just assumes that you already know what's going on. He doesn't want to tell you what to do. So yeah. on that album, on that song, the ten minute song, um, he just gave the band like a chord chart, and the band you know this is the sixties where the longest song is four minutes, right? They're used to like two to three minute pop songs. And, you know, Bob Dylan's just singing a verse and chorus, verse and chorus, and the Bob the band doesn't know when when it's gonna be over because Dylan's singing another verse, singing another verse, another verse. And I heard there oh, yeah. is a little tidbit, and I, I tried to listen to it again last time, but I couldn't hear it. Maybe you have. There's a section on that song where you hear someone laughing. And that's one of the band members laughing because kind of getting annoyed like when is the song going to be over 
I have I've never heard the laugh. Yeah, I never heard the laugh, but that's that's the what people said that there's a laugh in that song. I've heard that same story. I, I didn't know about the laugh part, but I have heard that they they kept trying to build to a climax, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, the third, fourth verse, like it must be almost over." So the band gets really like yeah climactic, but then it keeps going for like three yeah. more verses. So they had to like kind of settle back into a, a lower energy. Yeah. So you can hear that like yeah, it, I do it feels like it's too. getting to a climax. But then there's still like half the song to go. Yeah. And now I got to li- read the lyrics again. Maybe it has a good transition of what the lyrics are saying to the music. But do you think that philosophy he has with the band still meant had the same tra- uh, you know, building block from the new album where he just basically let the band do whatever they want? I think you can and, really hear that on like Murder Most Foul, that 15 minute JFK song. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's the band is like very sparse. The drummer is doing a lot of really interesting percussion things in that song, but it feels very free form. It's like improvisation. What I really like about that album, that song from that new album is the, is the cello work. The cello just gives a really creepy vibe to it. Is it on, a cello? Is there cello on Murder Most Foul? Oh, that's what I think. That no, that, that that like yeah. that weird ambient sound. I'm I'm thinking it's cello. I never. I didn't pay attention or look into the the the. Yeah, I didn't notice the cello. You know, the I think there was cello, like that. The weird, like just ambience, like. I just heard all on. the like the normal like his last few albums have been very like Americana vibe, acoustic like guitar, bass, drums, of course, and piano. But I didn't notice cello. I'm I'm sure it's there, and I just like I was paying more attention to the lyrics when I listened to it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he still operates the same way. I can't see him changing at 81 years old to to being more like demanding of his band to to play a certain way. It feels like yeah, he tells them the chords and they just run through it and, and record the, it live in the studio. I wonder if he does the vocals, if he cuts the vocals live which every, with every take or if they're overdubbed. They have to be done live, I would think. Yeah, because I, I feel like he's one of those people who is uh, a creature of habit. You know? That's yeah, the vibe definitely. I get. Like, I do remember like when I saw him live, um, you see the band members paying close attention to what Bob Dylan's doing. Isn't like trying to see what you know what chords to play instead of just you know always instead of being robotic like okay the next chord is this and I'm like okay okay what's going on because I I mean I noticed when I saw him live he doesn't sing with the rhythm of the music he always just changes the melody you know he's off rhythm all the time you think he's off rhythm or if is he perfectly syncopated against the, the music it could be it could be that's why dylan is dylan you know he always feels like he's on like the music is following him of course but uh i think his music singing has actually improved on this album compared to like tempest do you remember did you listen to his 20 i think it was 2012 it's his last album of original music was like t- 
well, 10 years ago from now. Is that the one now. with the newspaper covers or like there's a lot of fonts and it's black and white no. with a little bit of red? It's got like a red cover. It looks like an angel. No. kind of looks like the drawing you were making <laughs> on Procreate. We can put a picture oh, of it. God. Send me I'm that not, photo. I'm not done yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> what? That one looked done to me. Uh, I, I need to add some more stuff. But um, We didn't include any art making footage oh, oh, oh. on this one. <laughs> Maybe later. Right here. Um, but... <laughs> I do remember in somewhere in the 2000s, uh, the people, the music community was saying that Dylan lost his voice. He did, he couldn't sing like he used to, which made me laugh because I'm thinking to myself, he could never sing in the begin, you know, in the first place. But the more I you disagree. listen, the more you listen to it, the more I think, no, no, you're right. He does. He is singing. You're the one who blew my mind with this little fact. Well, it's not a fact. I was just dumb to know this. That. Um, uh, Nashville Skyline era. Mm-hmm. I thought it was someone else singing. <laughs> really? I thought it was someone else singing. You know, he like, does sound extremely different on that album. Different tone. Everything was completely different. I thought it was someone completely different. I didn't know it was Bob Dylan. That'd be wild if Bob Dylan just releases an album under his name to write writes the songs, but has someone else sing it. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's kind of why I've never really been that into that album. In fact, after Blonde on Blonde, like the next few albums, I don't even like John Wesley Harding that much. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But uh, until like Desire or Blood on the Tracks, mm-hmm. late mid-70s, I think he he becomes like making masterpieces again. But those 10 years after his uh, supposed bike motorcycle accident, I say supposed because there's a whole conspiracy theory that he like, it was a minor injury, but he just had enough of like his world touring superstardom and needed a, a break, so he he made it sound worse than it actually was. That makes sense because you can tell from from what we've seen that you know celebrityness or celeb stardom and all that stuff can really make you go insane. Yeah, you know it's it can really damage your mental health. So good for Dylan to lie to us because he needs his mental health. You know? <laughs> Yes, good for him to lie to us. <laughs> um, so we, we've been talking about rough and rowdy ways, yes, but we haven't really given like an overview of it. Yeah, like, I want to know what you think about it. Oh, well, uh, I want to... Or you want to ask me questions. <laughs> I want to uh, mm-hmm. start by responding to what, how you introduced the topic last week. You said you wanted to compare his, our favorite albums to that album. And when I asked if it was good, you had a very cryptic response. You said, you laughed and you said, no comment. <laughs> I mean, there's moments where I think it's great, and there's moments where I think it's horrible. Like, I think it. That's. <laughs> I think it's just like back in the '60s, he put a lot of effort into what he was doing. Like a lot of a lot of the words, he he thought about what he wanted to put, or maybe he didn't. But you can see there was an effort put in the lyrics here. There's moments where I just feel like he just doesn't care anymore. He just wants to put music for the sake of putting music, I guess. But there's other moments where, like, okay, he still got it. Like, the 15-minute epic JFK death song, there were some good moments, and there's some, like, why did you put that? Like, rub-a-dub-dub. Why did you have to put rub-a-dub-dub? That's where I, like, I find him comical. Like, you don't, do you even care? Like, what's the point of putting that? But, like... Overall, the 15-minute, you know, 
epic song it gave it gave a vibe of like the beginning of the end of what we have of american civilization because that really did change and it changed society a lot and you you can make the argument that was the first trauma experience that the boomers had they never experienced pearl harbor you know what we've experienced as human as whatever generation we are millennials whatever our first one arguably is uh 9/11 so JFK's death was there 9/11 so i i i highly recommend i highly like and find him quote unquote i don't want to say the word genius but i can't think of another word brilliant how about that brilliant how he put the delivery of JFK and how impactful that was to that generation the boomer generation but why do you have to put rubber dub dub <laughs> i kind of forget the the context around that line but yeah. to me I, I find it funny like it's it adds a little bit of levity to a dark very dark topic that song is weird because it st- even the initial lines which i remember better than like the middle and le- end of the song uh he says like it was a good day to live and a good day to die and like mm-hmm. it's a little tongue in cheek the way he like introduces the topic of yeah. JFK being killed um but it then it gets very dark and like a, like reflecting on the trauma of that I also like the tongue in cheek in that song of, of him making fun of the conspiracy theories of JFK's death you know talking about the illuminati and whatnot you know because i guess that's part of american culture like the what is and the conspiracy theories that's what is a built i mean you know, we make the argument but it's a building block of what american culture is you know freemasons and whatnot yeah which by the way we've already talked about smashing pumpkins like more than is necessary but <laughs> billy corgan appeared on this night show playing their new single and he had a freemason symbol on his shirt and all the youtube comments were like speculating is billy a freemason a mutual friend of ours was texting me that the Pumpkins was playing at Howard Stern show Re- recently. Recently, okay. And uh, or, the band looks pretty uh, like they're in hell. Like you know, they're not having a good time. <laughs> That's like Billy's how whipping it them. seemed for a while. James always looks miserable on stage. I think Jeff Schroeder is just happy to be there because <laughs> he wasn't in the original lineup, but it's a big band that he gets to tour with, but, uh, yeah. Do you think Jimmy and Billy still fight like off, off stage? I, I don't know. I think they've each realized the value of the other person and like, feel like they're just like a married couple in band terms. Like they just need each other to, to make their best work or something. Although you couldn't, you could hardly call their recent stuff either of their best work. But it feels they feel like they've like settled into a uh, a just balanced work situation. They don't seem there doesn't seem to be much tension between them two. Love and marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, going back to rough and rowdy. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought the lyrics. Uh, there were some really funny moments. The one, I forget the name of the song. I think it's the third track where he talks about like collecting body parts to make like the perfect person. He says he's like visiting morgues and more and monasteries. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I thought 
for you with your former profession that would have caught your ear he talks about like harvesting livers and I should listen to body that, parts yeah, I don't remember that uh, it sounds like some weird, like Frankenstein's monster uh-huh. zombie song, but it's it's very playful and enjoyable in that way. Uh, there's a lot of very slow songs with like no drums, just like sparse acoustic guitar and piano, and like he's basically like doing spoken word over the top. Yes, and uh, that that that's why my favorite song is the first song because it has that no drums it's just him talking mm-hmm. and i think it's his most I, I don't know his discography i, I that well i listened to like a good 70 percent of his discography but i think that song is his most autobiographical i contain multitudes that's a great song because because yeah great it's lyrics. true like he he does want to show who he is to the public but at the same time he wants to be a private person so you know he's vague, but he isn't at the same time. That's why, like, I contain multitudes because it's true. He does. He does. He says, uh, "I paint landscapes and I paint nudes in that," and it rhymes with "I contain multitudes." Mm-hmm. When I was working in my studio, listening to that like two or three times, that line always like gave me a a little jolt of like excitement. Like, hey, I'm Bob Dylan paints too. You know, he's a pretty accomplished painter. Is he better than Ringo Starr? I don't know what Ringo's paintings look like. I've seen Here's Paul McCartney. Ringo stars right Yeah, here. we'll put up Ringo's paintings. Maybe oh, you're gonna love it or hate Paul it. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney has uh, is pretty into painting too. They're okay. They All right, I'm gonna. There's some homework for you. Uh, who's a better painter, Paul McCartney? Because I've seen some of his stuff and it's pretty cool, abstract stuff. Paul yeah. McCartney, which is right here, as an example, <laughs> or Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Oh, I've got to look at Lars's paintings. Oh. Dude, have you seen the documentary? Some kind of monster? Oh yeah, I've seen pretty it a good times. stuff. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> yes, very entertaining band drama. Okay, um, two questions. What's your favorite song from Rough and Rowdy? Um, I think the second to last song, and I forget the title, but he it's he says the word Key West a lot. Yeah, I do remember. I, that I like that song. It's just. It has an unusual melodic quality, and like it's not—it's not just like country or rockabilly chord changes. It's something a little more vague. Uh, but I like the the lyrics of it. It all kind of blended together, so I had to like look at the lyrics and like listen to a little bit of each song this morning to to even remember which song was which because I just I listened to the full album like three times. Um, but that one's good. The one I was saying about the morgues and the mortuary mortuaries uh-huh. is good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm going to listen to it anymore. No, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna I take think a I'm break. done. Yeah, I'm done with uh, that. I mean, I'm going to listen to that morgue one. Um, I forget the second question. Uh, I think the second question is um, compare your favorite album, Blonde and Blonde, to this one. Like, like, like the the content of what he's saying to his tone of voice, everything. Do you think he's still, he's still got what he has? Obviously I'm kind of calling myself out on this stuff because blonde and blonde is better than rough and rowdy. But I'm like, I'm asking about the transition from what he was to now. Are you, are you still, do you like it or no? It's very different, 
but there's still similarities. He still ends with like a super long song. That's true. <laughs> Murder Most Foul is like the sad-eyed lady of the lowlands of this album. Uh, and like he's just a, a guy who's seen a lot. He's in his 80s and he's like reflecting on his life and his legacy. And uh, it's like a book of poetry that happens to be set to music like the lyrics I think are, are pretty damn good. I, I I didn't retain every word after the the number of listens I had, but like I, I could tell there was like he was he was into it. Uh like there's he was really going for something. And he hasn't put out original material in ten years, so like I guess it was eight years since yeah. the last album. I remember he had he released that Christmas album and he released that um the, it wasn't it wasn't Frank Sinatra, but like was it Frank Sinatra? It, yeah, More like top forty like show tune songs. It was songs that had been like previously recorded by Frank Sinatra. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, two or three albums of just like American standards or covers. I didn't even listen to those, and I I did. Maybe they're oh really? <laughs> and I asked myself, why do I torture myself with this stuff? <laughs> um. I do want to say about that album is that um, no disrespect to the band, the band, but I really enjoy Bob Dylan's new band. They're they're really good musicians. Um, that I forget which song it is, but like there, there's a blues track, and I think the band did better playing the music than Bob Dylan singing it. Because I mean, Bob Dylan doesn't have a blues voice. Really? He tries to, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't have it. I think now that he's old and his voice is so gravelly, it's like a pretty compelling blues voice. Thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to ask you: Do you think he's being legitimate, like it's a sincere voice, or do you think he's faking it? Again, uh, like 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 Nashville Skyline. Do you think he may? <laughs> he might have heard Tom Waits and was like, mm, maybe I could do that. <laughs> like, have you? Uh, I don't remember hearing any recent interviews how he sounds now. Does he sound like this? Does he sound like f- fucking uh, Batman now? <laughs> now? All the time? <laughs> In that Scorsese uh, Rolling Thunder yeah. review documentary, there's some recent interviews of him, and he his voice is deeper than it ever was, gravelly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but every time you sing, you're, you're doing a character in a way. No, that's true. Um, the, the, uh, a problem I have with the new album is there's... There, there's moments where he's on and there's moments where he's off. Like, uh, even with his voice. Like, there's moments where, like, that blue song, it was good, but then, then the next track, like, he didn't deliver the line quite as well compared to other lines. But the sure. band, overall, fantastic job. Fantastic. Yeah, I didn't look up who the uh, band members on this album are. Sure. I'm assuming it's the ones he tours with. Yeah. Uh, which I don't remember their names, except I think Charlie Sexton is a guitarist uh-huh. he's worked with for like 20 years. He's he's an amazing musician. Um, and I've seen them live, like on his never-ending tour a couple times, but that was over 10 years ago. And yeah, great, great band. I wish he would, I actually wish he would branch out a little more into other genres. <laughs> like I want to hear him do like an electronic album. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Neil Young, trance. yeah. <laughs> Which I've never listened to, but I know he. I've seen the album it's, cover. It's a, it's and I a know pretty good album. It. It's a pretty, I mean, it's it's good for its. Time, I mean, like eighties, 
electronic music. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was going to be horrible. That. Uh, that would be interesting if you did like a Daft Punk version, <laughs> but with Bob Dylan lyrics. Like, why not? Like, Blowing in the Wind, but remix with, you know, Daft He Punk. made it to 2022, the age of like Ableton Live and all this electronic stuff. Like, why not just put it out? Imagine if Danger Mouse and Dylan collaborated. That'd be probably fucking amazing. It'd be like so next generation. But he seems very set in his ways of like Americana yeah. roots rock for the instrumentation. I recently heard that he's um, there's like a museum or an exhibition up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's um, he's leaving a lot of his work there, like his like like his uh, lyric pads and all that stuff. And I kind of want to visit Tulsa f- just to see that stuff, and also because he said the reason he went there is because uh, uh, I forget his name, Pete Seeger was was from there, and he feels like that's like the birth roots of Americana folk music. Something I forget, I figure where I, where I'm coming from, but I really want to visit Tulsa just to see that. And it's like a Bob Dylan museum, just his. No, stuff? it's a folk folk museum, oh, folk but a big museum. big section of it is Bob Dylan. That sounds cool. I yeah, I'm interested in seeing that. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Dylan, before we finish <laughs> the conversation of Dylan, comma, Dylan? Um, yeah, we're, we're at an hour, 20 minutes. Uh, I guess not. Like, I really have no idea how intelligent any of this stuff was. <laughs> but I, I felt know. that way about the last yeah. one, too. And then listening back, I was like... We made some good points, so I think... And we had 620 we'll, views in two weeks. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> we got to try to beat that. And with our amazing socks that we didn't even know that we were matching. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. I, we, that's probably enough. Yeah. I'm kind of done now. <laughs> How did we end the last one? Well, by me asking you, what's the next topic? Oh, you know, I've I've got one in mind. Okay. I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I think I think it will be good. Uh I'm going to preface this by saying like you're one of the few people I can talk about Bob Dylan with cuz like you you've given the music a chance and uh I think you you genuinely connect to it. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh a lot of other friends like I, they just don't get Dylan or like think it's like just I mean, ugly sound. It's an acquired taste, and again, it took me a while to get into him. Like I listened to him like five, six times, and then I liked him. So it's it's yeah. an acquired taste, so. which is the way it is for like most music. I feel like to to get into an, an individual song or an album, like you, it needs a few listens to to sink in and be able to like anticipate the changes and like really feel it. But usually music is like has stuff you if it's something you're gonna get into, it has like instant appeal, like, oh I like the sound of that tone or something, but Bob Dylan can be a bit grating. Um and I always feel a little guilty that I just like grew up around it, so I was pre hardwired to like it and there's like nostalgia involved. But then I got into it like on my own later. Anyway, I was just saying this to to preface another artist that I think we both have spent time listening to and enjoy, uh, 
maybe for different reasons mm. and different eras of their career. But I think we should review uh, the college dropout, Kanye West, and whatever his latest album is, which I haven't listened to. Is it Donda? It might be. I haven't listened to it. Oh, dude. It's so a this good is. One. I know you've been like listening to the recent ones and, and have told me that, but I haven't given them a chance and I, I, I want to listen Man, to Donda. Uh, I, okay. Without getting into much detail, I've already noticed a trans. Uh, a topic that we've been talking about, and it's we're going to talk about it again in the third album because I'm going to bring it up. Um, religion, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Billy Corgan with his Christianity, Bob Dylan with his Christianity, and Kanye West with his Christianity. <laughs> Should we review a non-Christian artist? No, 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 no. I'm down for this. I like this idea a lot. The idea of Kanye's like mega church that he started in whatever was it Montana or something? I think he's Did like he, really? he opened a, a huge. I might be wrong about the but state. He's, he's but got, it's either Montana, Montana or Wyoming, because I know he's got a property in one of those two states. Somewhere in the states. West. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll have to do some research on his church, mm-hmm. how it's going. I didn't know that. Oh, now we... Okay, okay. So, uh, we're <laughs> is listening... The, is Donda religious? We don't have to get into it now. Um, but like, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think... That's his mom's name, right? Yeah. So, that's where I think it's religious, because he's talking about... His mourning his mom's death and his relationship with God and Jesus, along with it. Um, Donda is his adore. Yes. Uh, okay, I don't want to talk about it much. So, so it's going to be uh, his first album and his last album, right? Yeah, unless you want to choose a different like no. favorite Kanye album. No. We're just going to keep it simple, first yeah. and last. Dude, I was doing my best for this episode to be less than an hour, but I guess we just like talking. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to say about, but like maybe it's just like the impulse to keep talking. But like we could have talked even longer about like bringing it all back home, I oh, feel yeah. like. Uh but it's okay. We're already we already went longer than yeah than what we wanted. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, I'm Oscar. I'm Dylan, and this is the Odd Podcast. <laughs> Let me what say if, that again. What if it was just the Odd Cast? This is the Odd Cast. Uh, should we call it the Odd Cast? Like Let's do. This is the Odd Cast. O D C A S T. Goodbye. Let's let's make the song. Grab your guitar. <laughs> Uh, I was just playing a C chord, but... (laughs) How should the melody go? Oddcast, oddcast, oddcast. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to do another take of that, because I don't know what the fuck to, to say. Because I really want to like pitch pitch our voices up. It makes it sound less cringe for a jingle.
podcast on cast. Yeah. <laughs>